today. We're starting a new series and um, just a, a ton of things in this series as we study the names of God, um, just amazing facets of His character. And so I'd like to start with prayer just as we begin this series and ask for God's guidance, His Spirit to challenge us, to convict us, to encourage us through this series. But would you, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Lord God, we come to, to a series where we are dealing with Your name and Your character and how You relate to us, Lord. And um, man, we feel so small and You so large. Lord, so many things we can't comprehend and we're dealing with such weighty topics and subjects that I pray that as we as a, as a church family go through this and study this, that You would impress Your name on us that You would impress Your character, that You would encourage us, God, that You would help us understand what we're studying and see the beauty and the breadth of Your name, Lord. I pray that Your hand would be on every week as we study Your Word. and Just reveal Your Word to us. And help it to change us and walk, help us to walk closer to You through it, God. In Jesus' name. This morning, I want to start just by talking about names a little bit. And, and as I, I just said, we're going to be spending a few months, and we'll, we'll see how many months, depending on how quickly we can get through the names, talking about names. But names have meaning, right? Moms and dads, what's one of the most important decisions you will make in your kid's life? Name them, right? Is that something that parents that you just took on flippantly? Oh, let's just name them so-and-so. You know, Zach and Sarah, you probably did, did not name Savannah Jezebel. You know, why not? Because that has a different connotation. That has a different meaning. For you that are parents, what are some of the reasons of why you named your kids what you did? Joshua means the Lord is my salvation. And that was where Johanna was and needed in her walk with God right then, to be reminded of that. Wonderful. Other parents. After family members, because that has meaning, right? There's a tradition there, and it's an honoring of them. Anyone else? One more. Noah means comfort, and he's been a huge comfort to the whole family in this transition process. Names have meaning. And we, we in our Western society, I think we get a glimpse of that, but only a glimpse compared to in biblical times and in the biblical way of, of thinking of what names meant. I was thinking about this, and, and I was thinking, you know, I actually have several different names. And this, this began to help me start to think through the names of God. Some people call me Pastor Ron. And that name has meaning, right? Because why? It identifies my role, right? That's part of, that's part of my role as a shepherd and as a pastor. Some people call me Mr. Johnson. It just, you know, a sign of respect, a general um, thing. I've been called Professor Johnson. You can probably guess where that was at, at Biola as I was teaching. Um, sometimes I'm just called Ron, and that's okay. That's my name. That's a personal name, right? That's how, how people address me. Sometimes I'm called Daddy. And in fact, only three people in this whole world get to call me that name. And that gives that name a little bit more, more meaning, doesn't it? It's pretty special. I'm also called Sweetheart or Babe. Sorry. <laughs> Only one person in the world gets to call me that. None of the rest of you. <laughs> Why, bitch? <laughs> Stop it. 
Because that says something about my relationship with my wife, right? With my wife. <laughs> that she is allowed to call me that. And so the, the names that we use often have to do not only with role or with who we are, but sometimes with our relationships with people. I'm called son by a couple people here. I'm called brother by one person here. Um, but in the church family, I'm called brother by a lot of people here. Sometimes during the week on Thursday nights, I'm called Hey Pitch. Referring to my role on the softball team. And then sometimes lately, I've been starting to be called Sir. <laughs> Not sure I really appreciate that one yet. <laughs> um, but that, that's just ten different names for me. Just that I was able to come up with as I thought, because names might include titles, they involve personal names, they, they might in, involve formal names. But as we come to the names of God, we're going to look at a lot more than ten. We're going to look at close to a hundred different names of God. And that's just scratching the surface of what's in the Word. There are hundreds of names of God. And for them, in, in, in the Bible, the authors of the Word of God, names meant so much. And in their culture, names meant some of those things. They had a weight to them. When we talked about the name of God, or when we'll talk about the name of God, it represented the very person of God. Think about that for a minute. When we say God's name, we're representing the very person of God. That's weighty, isn't it? And so we, we want to think as we come to this series about the weight of what we mean when we say we'll call on the name of the Lord. Or when God says, call me this. Those are all verses to take note of because they are telling us something. I was trying to, to figure out a way to somehow communicate just how weighty the name of God is in Scripture and what I'd like to do this morning is just use Scripture to do that. And in your worship folder, there's a, a page, a separate page that just says the name, um, names of God verses or verses on the names of God. We are, we are dealing with a name that has magnificent, magnificent significance beyond what we can really grasp. But yet, we're given names so that we can grasp aspects of who God is. When we talked about the attributes of God three, four years ago, I had mentioned I, I felt like an ant carrying an a, bell, a hay bale for people to eat from. And it just was this overwhelming sense of, of there's so much more than I can understand. And I wanted to use the same, same illustration for this, but I'll use a different one. It sort of feels like a muddy pig carrying a huge, beautiful diamond with lots of facets for people to see and hoping that the mud doesn't get on the diamond and get in the way. And as we come to, to the names of God, we, we are talking about the facets of who God is and how He interacts with His people and what He does. And It's a beautiful, amazing thing. And I pray we don't get in the way. But that we really begin to understand God better through this series. The first question I have in your notes is, what's in a name? And I think it's helpful for us as we come to a series like this to understand some of, of how the name is used. Some of what we just read. Some of those verses are odd. Worship His name. Does that mean we shouldn't worship Him? Or we should worship His name? Or how does His name save us? Or what, what does He do for His name's sake? And these are all different ways that name or you, name, the name of God is used. So I'd like to move through these pretty quickly, but to give us a, a foundation by which to do this study. And the first thing is God makes... God's name makes Him known. 
God's name makes Him known. The character and nature of God are on display through His names, aren't they? As we get more names, we see more about His character and more about His nature. It's an aspect of His special revelation of Himself. His self-revelation to us. For some of these, I'll give an example. But an example is just after Abraham, Abram and Sarah had taken matters into their own hands. And Ishmael was born because they weren't sure if God could really do what He said and and would really make a, a nation out of Abram. God said this, when Abram was 90 years old, the Lord, or Yahweh, appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. It's the first time he used that name because he was trying to show who he was to Abram. When I think of the names of God, I think of them like word pictures. And each name will give us a different word picture that helps us understand God. A little boy once sat at a kindergarten desk and announced that he was going to color a picture of God. And his teacher said, but, but no one knows what God looks like. He said, they will when I'm done. <laughs> he had confidence that he could somehow do this. And, and, and no, he can't draw a picture of God. But my prayer is by the time we're done studying His Word and His names and what He's revealed about Himself, it'll give us a better picture of who He is. So God's name makes Him known. The second point and the second way name is used, and this is a similar one to the first one, but God's name reveals how God relates to us. So the first is His general general information about His nature, who He is, but God also used His names to specifically relate to people. And this is the, the aspect of relationship. And His names always denote relationships. How He's relating to us. Attributes are who God is, and that, that's a wonderful study, and that was one of my favorite studies. His names then take that and say, how does He interact with His people? Things like, in the beginning, I mentioned the, the name Daddy or the name Sweetheart. Those have to do with relationship. And so when God shares His name and, and He intimately says, this is who I am, it's an offer of relationship and, and an explanation of that relationship. When David was running from Saul, another example in 2 Samuel 22, 1, David's running from Saul and he's experiencing the deliverance of, of the Lord. He says, And David spoke to Yahweh the words of this song on the day when Yahweh delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, and catch the names that are used here in the relationship and, and how God is re- revealing how he relates. Yahweh is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you saved me from violence. He sort of just keeps going on and on and on, doesn't he? It's like you're repeating yourself, but that is how impacted he was by this aspect of God, his protection, that he is his shield, that he is his refuge. We will see as we study his names that these names relate to to Um, people, and relate to God's relationship with those people. Think of some of the difficult times you've been through. Probably some of those times are the times where God has made Himself known to you in some really direct and special ways. Things like Jesus is our salvation, or God is our salvation for Joshua. For Susie and I, I, I can think of different times in our lives, you know, when we 
We were at a time where we lost a long-awaited pregnancy. We were impressed that God is the one that knows and sustains and heals. When we saw God provide a full-time job right here at Village, right when my programming contract ended and we weren't sure where the next paycheck was coming from, we were reminded that God is the God that directs and provides. We're going to see those in their names. When we can't stop laughing around the dinner table because my kids are telling crazy jokes, we're reminded that God gives joy and blessings. As we go through the names of God, what names will we use for God? What names does God want us to know at different places in our life? Because He gives His names to meet us, to be in relationship with us. The third way name is used is the name of God represents a seal of ownership on those He puts His name. And we may not understand this, but if you think about it as a child, when they have a toy, especially I have three children and they're very into this is my toy and not yours, what do they do? They write their name on it, right? And that signifies this is mine, this is not yours. We're going to see in Scripture some of these verses talk about God putting His name on us. And He's saying, these are my children. These are my sons. These are my daughters. Deuteronomy 28.10 says, And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Because they realized that that meant that they were God's children and God was fighting for them. Many other verses in all of these sections that we could talk about. But I think about with my kids. My kids have my name. And that means I will love them. I will be their daddy. And nothing will ever change that. Nothing. Because I love them. The same is true when God puts His name on us. Fourth way names are used. God's name stands for His authority and power. We'll see this in just a, a bunch of the verses. It represents who He is, but more specifically, His authority and power. Isaiah thirty twenty seven. Behold, the name of the Lord comes from afar, burning with His anger and thick rising smoke. His lips are full of fury and His tongue is like a devouring fire. And that verse isn't saying that somehow the text of His name is coming along and defeating enemies. It's representing His power and His authority that He is coming with these attributes. 2 Thessalonians 3.6 also gives a different way that we use this because whenever you read in Scripture that someone does something in the name of the Lord, it's referring to that they're doing it in His authority and in His power. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition you received from us. And that's just one example of Paul there using in the name of the Lord as representing his authority and power. So as we read the names of the Lord and as we read verses about the names, this list sort of says, okay, which of these ways is the name being used here? Number five, one of my favorites, God's name can stand for His glory and His reputation. His name can stand for His glory and His reputation. We, we, we use name that way, don't we? If I say I want to have a good name with so-and-so, what am I referring to? My reputation. I, I want to, people to think well of me and think of me as a man of integrity. Well, for God, His name is His reputation and, and His glory, His, His reputation glory. In 1 Samuel 12.22, For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake, 
because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for Himself. Psalm 8.1, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. You have set Your glory above the heavens. So His name is tied to His reputation, His glory. Six is probably one that could go under His authority, but I think it's good to list separately. Salvation is from His name. Salvation is from His name because it represents who God is and His work and His authority. But in Acts 4.12, we read, and there is salvation in no one else, and there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. What an incredible way to think of His name that it brings salvation. That it rescues us from a sinful, fallen state. And again, it's not that there's magic in the, the actual letters of His name, but His name represents who He is, His power, His authority, and His work. And finally, the seventh way that we see name used, at least the ones we're talking about this morning, the seventh way we see name used in Scripture is that God's name signifies His presence. In fact, in the Old Testament, it's often attached to the tabernacle or to Jerusalem or to the temple. And, and we, we see a, a, a number of phrases that say things like, I will build a temple for the name of the Lord. And they understood that when God's name was there, He was present. And I hope that we see that as we study His names. It shows His presence with us. His relationship with us. When we read Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. It's talking about His presence. That He is a strong tower because He is with us. We are safe because we are in His presence. So seven different ways of thinking of God's name. I know that's just flying through them. But it will help us understand this study and understand how God's name is used. It's associated with His glory, His power, His holiness, His protection. It's associated with trust, our ability to trust Him, and His love for us. And out of those, I just want to mention a few of the reasons why we study God's name. It's important to know, okay, why is this important? Why should I come to church the next six months or however long it will be? The first is to worship and exalt the greatness of His name. As you read through the Psalms, or as we read through those verses together, did you hear that as one of the themes? Over and over and over. Exalt the name of Christ. Praise the name of Christ. Worship His name. It's because that should be our response to who He is. To worship and exalt the greatness of His name. Understanding the names of God will help our worship. When we understand the Yahweh Yaira, that God provides, we can worship that He provides and worship that aspect of His nature. When we study that God is Almighty God, we can worship that He is Almighty God and give Him praise for that. And so His names sort of become our, our, our worship manual. Some things to worship Christ about. Some of the verses that you've heard, Psalm 148.13, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. You have set Your glory above the heavens. I hope that each week as we study God's name, you leave and say, wow, God is amazing. God is amazing. 
Second reason we study God's name is to grow in our personal knowledge of Him. And can we really get to know someone and, and not know their name? If, if I say that someone here is my best friend, and then you hear me the next day saying, by the way, what was your name again? Do you think I'm their best friend? No, you think I'm lying to you or that I'm a little nuts in the head. But as we get to know God's name, we get to know Him better and better. And we develop that relationship. We get insight into His character. Insight into who He is. One of the things that come out of that knowledge of Him and as we grow in knowledge of Him is this results in our learning to trust in Him more and more. And trust is directly related to our understanding and, and of who He is. Psalm 9.10 brings those two concepts together. When the psalmist says, And those who know your name put your trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Let me read that again. Those who know your name put their trust in you. God wants us to trust Him more and more every day. His names help us do that. They give us confidence in Him because we see how He's worked. They allow us to, to deeper and deeper depend on Him and rely on Him. They give comfort and strength. My third hope that, of, of why we are studying His names, of something that comes out of it, is to renew our awe and fear of the Almighty. To renew our awe and fear of the Almighty. And we said the same thing with the attributes of God. And I think we need to take times over and over to come back to just reflecting on who God is and be blown away by it. Because that gives us a, a context in which to deal with this world that this isn't all there is. God is greater. As you saw the kids' video. And, and some of the things they wrote on their papers were really funny. One, one, one child wrote, God is greater than summer. And AJ and I were talking, we're like, well actually, summer's their favorite thing. And if God's greater than summer, that's really profound. Because they were getting and understanding an awe and a fear of God. Psalm 86.11 says, Teach me Your way, O Lord, that I may walk in Your truth. Unite my heart to fear Your name. We should tremble in awe as we handle the names of God. Now, some of you are hockey fans. Some over here. And you've talked about how the Stanley Cup should be treated with a certain awe and respect. And, and you don't just flippantly handle this. That's nothing compared to the names of God how we should handle the names of God. Number four there, we're to walk in His name and worthy of His name. For all the peoples, in Micah 4.5, for all the peoples walk each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. We strive to walk in His power, in His strength, to represent His character. How do we do that if we don't study His name? And finally, number five, we're to honor rather than dishonor His name. To elevate it. To give it worth. To not dishonor. One of the verses we read was from the Ten Commandments, Exodus 27. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold Him guiltless who takes His name in vain. Now, now think of that verse now that we've been talking for 20 minutes about the weight of His name. If His name represents who He is, should we handle His name with respect and honor? Absolutely. 
and if we flippantly use His name and use it for whatever purposes, what are we saying about our relationship with God? What are we saying about His character? See, His name represents His person. And when we lightly treat God's name, we are lightly treating God. That verse says, you will not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And the word for vain means worthless or common. To make it every day. And some of you just talked about that in the the Ten Commandments Sunday School class. God's name is holy. It is precious. It is that diamond that we should marvel at. And when we just use it maybe as a cuss word or, or even if we flippantly say things like, oh my God, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm stepping in dangerous territory here because, oh, that's cultural. That's what we say. What are we doing with the name of God? We are making it common. We are making it ordinary. And it reflects our relationship with God and our awe for God. Now, I know that that particular phrase is one that we hear all the time and it's so easy to just fall into. Can we as a church family say we will treat God's name differently? We will treat it with the respect and honor due His name. It's interesting that in the Ten Commandments, when God is giving the Big Ten, if you want to call it, one of them deals with His name. That's how important this is. His name means something. One dad was dropping off his son at Wake Forest to play football his freshman year. And and son was looking for some some words of wisdom. And he said, son, I've, I've given you my name. Don't take my name anywhere I wouldn't take it. And don't do anything with my name that I wouldn't do with it. That's all he said. No list of rules. No, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But honor my name. What if we took that approach to God's name? So I'm going to honor His name no matter what. Is everything I'm doing bringing glory to God? As we do anything, would Dad do this? And I'm talking about our Heavenly Father. We bear Christ's name. a couple of notes about this series. One of the ways that we're going to approach it is we're going to try to work through Scripture. Because God gave His names repeatedly in progressive revelation as He he revealed more and more about Himself. And so we'll study them in that context where appropriate, looking at the the stories in which He illustrated His name and gave His name. And like I already said, we're not going to be looking at all the names of God but those names and titles that are significant that we want to spend a little extra time looking at. But I also want to challenge you to go beyond the intellectual. To go beyond just, oh, these three things are the name of God. Or this is the, these 20 things are the name of God. or And this is how God worked in history. But we want to go beyond that to say, how does God's name affect me now? So each week, in each name, we'll talk about how does this impact us now? How does this reveal His relationship with us now? Just 
want to introduce the, the next name of God. And we're not going to cover it today. We're going to change the schedule a little bit. Um, we'll cover it in two weeks. So, so Pastor Andrew will still be sharing with us um, Elohim next week and Adonai. And then the week after that, we'll come back to Yahweh. But I'll introduce it uh, just to, to get us going. In the Old Testament, there are three primary names of God. And three names on which all other names sort of hang and are, are um, often in conjun- used in conjunction with. And those names are Yahweh, Elohim, and Adonai. And Yahweh, you see in your notes, and we'll come back to this, is the self-existent, personal, faithful Lord. And it's the personal name of God. It's, it's the, the name that is most commonly used. Because it's where God says, I am with you. I am. I am Yahweh. I am Lord. Elohim refers to God's greatness. And it's a general name used for God. And Adonai refers to Him as Lord. It's a title. And we'll take the next two weeks and look through these three names and then start to branch out from there. But enjoy the study of God's name. Relish the study of God's name. View it as a diamond where each week we're coming and we're, we're just exploring a different aspect of a diamond. But most importantly, be impacted by the names of God. Lord God, we come to You as we study Your names and I pray that we would know You more through this. That at Your name, we would be amazed that at Your name we would come and draw closer to relationship with You, that we would see that we can trust You. Lord, may we magnify Your name, exalt Your name, glorify Your name, because You are worthy. Thank You, God, for Your your sacrifice, Your death on the cross in our place. Lord, help us to live in light of that and not forget that, because it is part of your work to to adopt us as your sons and daughters. Lord, if there's anything right now in our hearts that is keeping us from relationship with you, pray that you'd help us to deal with that. To confess any sins, to make sure we're coming to this table with the right spirit, the right attitude. Lord, I pray that we would remember you in your name. In Jesus' name.